Hello and welcome to the Apologetics 315 podcast with your hosts, Brian Auten and Chad Gross. Join us for conversations and interviews on the topics of apologetics, evangelism, and the Christian worldview. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's Brian Auten, joined by Chad Gross. Hello there, sir. How are you this week? I'm doing good. Excellent. Well, uh, this week I read a couple books, both by the same authors, Douglas Guyvett and uh, Holly Pivik, and th- they were great. I first read the non-popular level or the less popular level book, but they're both on, on the same subject. Chad, have you ever, ever heard of what is called the New Apostolic Reformation? I have, but it's something I haven't did a lot of done a lot of digging into. Well, I have alluded to and briefly talked about past church experiences where, man, I used to work at a church in Southern California and uh, had different experiences there that I just kind of, when I usually talk about it, I just say, well, it was a bad church experience. Well, I suppose in retrospect, only realizing some things you see 2020 hindsight, uh, you know, the church I was at turned into one of these sort of what they call an NAR church or New Apostolic Reformation Um, sort of church. So I was doing the media and the website and all the graphics and videos and everything for them. So anything they put on TV or in-house announcements, video production, I would do all of that stuff and had like a team. And so, you know, when I first joined the place and the church was planted, it was just really lots of evangelism. Great. Awesome. Talking about Jesus, evangelizing the lost and uh, seemed good. (laughs) And you just called the pastor by their first name, you know? Right. And uh, where everybody knows your name. Yeah, it was like cheers. Right. So then it turned into, it turned into, well, now they're the pastor. We should start calling them pastor. And then there was a lot of talk about the prophetic and the apostolic. And, um, you know, everything was labeled prophetic and apostolic and blah, 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 blah. blah. It was like. And it didn't start that way? Not as much. Not as much. There was a little bit of that at the beginning, but it was. Uh, At that time, I was not into apologetics. I was not into any sort of theology. It was like, well, this church is hopping, (laughs) you know, Uh, there's there's stuff happening and people are excited and people are getting saved and we're evangelizing. And you just thought, well, I thought at the time, you know, you see good things happening and people happy and uh, church is growing. So great. So long story, try to keep the long story short here. By the time I left, the pastor was now apostle and he was a, an apostle over other pastors who were calling themselves prophets or apostles. And wow. he was in a, an apostolic network and they would go to big apostolic gatherings and things like that. In a sense, I'm quite ashamed, quite ashamed in retrospect. I'm like, how could I get into that you know um so um getting away from the church for a little bit and then you'd see a little bit clearer and this was before we left but it was very close to when we left me and my wife were talking and she says you know i think we're in a cult <laughs> and i'm like oh no that's we're not in a cult <laughs> yeah that's never a good thing to hear the wife say yeah. and i said no we're not in a cult and she's like well why not <laughs> I said, because I don't want to be in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in a cult because I don't want to yeah. be in a cult. <laughs> you definitely had not studied apologetics yet. No, but here's the thing. There were, it was just a big, huge mixture because on one hand, you're like, 
I didn't have the tools or the talent uh, or the or, talent or the understanding at the time to know what I was in. And when you're in it and it's all around you, and if you break ranks, you're wrong. Uh, you know, it's really hard to get out of that uh, or to see clearly. Anyway, so we thought, you know what? We finally took a holiday and uh, we went away for a little while. And when we were away, it was as if we were out of the spell of this place for just a sh short enough time where we were like, yeah, you know what? I think God wants us to go somewhere else, you know? So uh, we broke this news to the uh, pastor or to the, I wanted to talk to the elders, but they, they knew something was up. So suddenly the pastor appeared or the apostle appeared us out of the blue. Oh, hi, Brianna. You know, uh, I think we could really use you more in missions and stuff. You know, you wanted to, you joined this church because you wanted to go to the mission field. Well, I think we've got a place for you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you think I'm leaving? So you're dangling these carrots in front of me like, oh, no, don't go. We can't lose our media guy. So at any rate, I'm going into little stories here. But anyway, when when I basically said, no, I, I think I'm kind of hearing from God here. We've prayed and we know that we need to move on. You know, we're going to go and live in Northern Ireland. Well, you didn't hear that from God. I said, well, why? Well, because you would have heard it from the apostle. You know, you would have heard this from the apostle. And this was the apostle saying this to you? This was the apostle and his right hand man who was just... Um, you know, he did all the dirty work. <laughs> you know I mean? He was, he was, he was like a mini apostle. He, he was the enforcer. Uh, right. So, Oh, Oh, okay. okay. So it's like a bodyguard. You would have called him an armor bearer back then. You'd call him an armor, oh. Oh, the, the apostles armor bearer. You might call him. So uh, wow. now a lot of the stuff I don't can't even remember because I just pushed it to the back of my mind after I got out because it was traumatic. The entire experience was traumatic and, I think we're, I still have wounds and healing to do from it. But at any rate, coming out of that, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, we had a certain timeline. Well, that timeline was rushed way up because we found out about other things going on that were not moral. So uh, as a podcast, I'm not going to go into the details there. But there was, sure. there was more than just wrong doctrine. There was wrong actions. And, you know, we've heard the stories of, how these things go <laughs> well that was going on in the background as soon as i found out i packed the stuff up and it was my last day working there and i was gone i was out of that church and um the i i say and you know when we did that interview with susan morales on her youtube channel and i say that you know the following week that i got out of there and we were trying to look for a church to go to it was in a, a panel of apologetics <laughs> on apologetics and uh yes i needed that because i was like well i thought i could trust everybody and i could trust nobody why should i trust the bible and so it was a real terrible sort of structure they would use the scripture to say anything they wanted twist the scriptures and give prophecies and you know things like that it was charismatic chaos i think it's really great that you're sharing this because i imagine that there are a lot of people unfortunately that have had similar experiences and so i think to see where you were and to see where you are now could be encouraging to people uh, i do have a question though about the the new apostolic reformation and the environment where you were in when you finish Sure. Yeah. I'll bring the story time part of it to a close maybe here. Um, but yeah, we, we left that only after the fact that, you know, when I started studying and trying to 
get my head back on straight and trying to like I ditched so many like beliefs that I didn't need that were unessential and later I realized either aberrant or false or just wacky so it's been a long and slow process of rebuilding like okay um do I hang on to this or do I ditch it do I hang on to that or ditch it you know and so uh, apologetics has been like helpful in keeping my faith in one sense but at the same time getting out of there was like wow i understand grace now because everything was performance driven everything was driven by personality and authority and power you know that sort of structure and basically and anybody who left would have been told that they are you know they've gone off and they've done something terrible <laughs> I was, I found out later that the pastor accused me, the elders asked, well, where's Brian now? What's going on with Brian? Well, he's uh, gone off, you know, all the video stuff he was doing. Now he's a porn producer. He produces porn. <laughs> so oh I, I, my gosh. anybody who left, you know, was slandered. So when we found other people who had left that church, they, they also were like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Is I'm I'm alive again, you know. I'm out of this crazy uh system and uh when it comes to NAR stuff, <laughs> New Apostolic Reformation, I'm not saying that my experience would be anyone else's experience, but I read two books this week which brought everything back to mind. Uh one book is well both books are from uh Doug Guyvet and Holly Pivick who co-author these books. One is called God's Super Apostles, Encountering the Worldwide Prophets and Apostles Movement. It's sort of a more popular level book. And the other one is called A New Apostolic Reformation? Question mark. A Biblical Response to a Worldwide Movement. These books both deal with a lot of the teachings you find in what they're calling this movement, uh, the New Apostolic Reformation. And we'll, we'll be interviewing these authors soon down the line so this is sort of like the reason i'm talking about this is to give you a teaser and a taste of what we're talking about and to say and there are some people who deny that the movement even exists but and i've heard them uh, including mike dr michael brown <laughs> would say that it doesn't exist but he kind of runs with wow. that whole group uh, a little bit and so anytime i've heard him talk about it which i've listened to numerous things all this week and i'm like what michael brown <laughs> i thought i could trust you now, what are you smoking? You know, uh, yeah, he he does tend to, uh, I think, especially when it comes to like how to deal with Judaism and and evangelize Jewish people who don't know Christ. I think he does some great stuff and and he's great in some other areas, but he does lean a little more charismatic in some areas that I am comfortable with. Yeah, well, I I don't know much about him other than I, you know, just assumed from ambient noise that he was um a trusted voice, so to speak, but I, I don't have much trust after hearing his comments about this because uh, I can't deny that this re exists. Everything that's described in these books, I've seen it firsthand. I'd say 95% of it. Can I ask a question? Absolutely. It was about, yeah, it was about your personal experience. So before you go into the specifics of, of NAR, can we call it NAR? Yeah, they do you call know? it, they, people call it NAR. NAR. It's like a pirate. When that gentleman said to you, you can't be hearing from God because you didn't hear it from the apostle or you didn't ask the apostle or however he said it. Am I to understand that then that I mean, this might be a jump. It might be a jump here that I'm making, but I'm curious. I've always been curious about this. Does that mean that the apostle almost had the same authority as like the scriptures? 
Well, that's part of what the books get into, and they cite a lot of the teachings from key figures who write for in that movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the sake of this discussion, I'm calling it the move, uh, New Apostolic Reformation movement, sure. because it is there, although it, they change their name and it's a little shrouded because they know it's negative publicity to acknowledge being part of it or, or embracing any sort of teachings that are like, oh, what's that? You know, it's sort of like keep it in the back room uh, publicly or something. I, yeah, as far as that goes, there's a lot of thing like, well, you, you need to be under authority, uh, under the authority of your spiritual covering. Um, so in this case, the apostle, if, he's, if there's going to be something that uh, you're going to do, um, the, it will come through that apostle or you'll receive a prophecy for that. You know, you can't uh, hear from God from yourself. Now you could maybe, maybe if I would have said, Hey, here, I think this is what God's saying to me. Oh, oh you better run that by the apostle, you know, to make sure that they're okay wow. with it. They, they might say, no, you're not hearing from God. Here's, here's what I really think you should be doing. So it is quite damaging. It's quite, I can't say that it's the way <laughs> it is. It's the opposite of the Mandalorian. It is not the way. <laughs> it's not the way. Um, yeah. I just, I just think it's interesting when you're, when that guy said that, it just leads me to believe, you know, here you and Judith are for listeners. That's Brian's wife here and you and Judith are, and you're praying about this. I'm sure you're searching the scriptures and you, you come to this point of like God saying, we've got to move on from here. And then he says, well, you can't be hearing from God. So that just raises questions in my mind of, whoa, does he think he has more authority than God himself? Or does he think he has more authority than scripture? Uh, just just thinking out loud. He, he's the authority that God's put in that place. So, you know, gotcha. you're going to have to march in line. Otherwise, you're uh, out of God's will, you know, insubordinate or derelict in your duty, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, <laughs> that word will forever haunt me. I know. But yeah, tell us about NAR. Tell us about yeah. NAR. So give us an I, overview. So I bet I guess the best way is maybe I'm one of the back of one of the books that uh, or a description on one of the websites for Holly Pivix and, and Doug Guybert's book it says, do God's prophets and apostles walk the earth today? Many popular teachers say yes, including Bill Johnson from Bethel Church in Redding, California, Mike Bickle from the International House of Prayer not pancakes, Kansas City, Missouri, and Rick Joyner from Morningstar Ministries, Fort Mill, South Carolina. But when examined in the light of scripture, their teachings about prophets and apostles fall short. Whether you know it or not, you've probably encountered the fast-growing religious movement involving these and other teachers, the New Apostolic Reformation. It's led by men and women who claim to be modern-day prophets and apostles. They seek to bring God's kingdom to earth through their new revelations, miraculous powers, and novel practices like treasure hunting, sozo ministry, 24-7 prayer rooms, and schools of supernatural ministry. Some groups embrace all of these, others only some. So that's a very small little taster of what it is. I suppose one way, some of the buzzwords you'd always hear was, everything's, you know, God's doing something new. It's going to be bigger than ever. Uh, You know, we want more, 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 new, 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 bigger the better, you know, revelation, apostolic, prophetic, fivefold ministry, giftings, anointings, callings, outpourings, impartations. These are all the buzzwords you will hear in this sort of um, environment. Most of those words, you're not going to say, oh, well, that's from such and such scripture. Like, oh, I'm going to receive an impartation, you know. Uh, Well, where's that? You know, these are a lot of um, 
vocabulary associated with this. And they're really big on these apostles and prophets working today. So you'll see prophetic ministries and apostolic ministries and networks. You can be charismatic and, pe and Pentecostal without being an NAR sort of strand to it or beliefs or practices to it uh, or believing that apostles and prophets are walking around today. But most of the NAR is going to also be charismatic, Pentecostal, real emphasis on revival and bringing in an end time harvest and uh, big on transfers of wealth from the wicked to uh, God's people and transforming societies through the power of the Holy Spirit. Anything that's just going to be worldwide in scope and affect the nations and reach reach the ends of the earth. You know, this sort of talk is is what you're going to hear associated with a lot of what's going on in this movement. Sure. And and if I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've also found people with these types of attitude with that type of attitude or who approach things like this. If you'll bring up questions or ask inquiring questions such as, well, is that something God is still doing or where is that in scripture or, or something like that? You sometimes will get, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I know I've gotten, well, don't you think God is big enough to do those things? Yeah. Of course, the implication is not, I, of course, I think God, God can do what he wants. And, and I'm not a sensationist. I believe God still works miracles and, and can do those things. I mean, especially after our interview with Craig Keener. But my point is, is that just because I'm asking questions, you know, don't impugn my uh, conviction that God can still, you know, speak or yes. do miraculous things. It just seems that they punt to that. And it's almost like, well, if God, if it's possible, God can do it, then who are you to say he can't? Yes. Where I'm going, well, wait a minute. He gave me a revelation, though, and it has to be consistent with his revelation. Yeah, that's that's the thing is that I think most in, in the New Apostolic Reformation would say, oh, Scripture is uh, our authority. But what you find is that hermeneutics is not one of the words they use. Uh, exegesis is not one of the words they use. If you want to get academic, it'll get poo-pooed more often than it'll get applause and amens and running up to the stage with, you know, 20 dollars in your hand, slapping it on the altar as an offering, like during the preaching. Wow. There's a, a lot of things that are concerns. My main concerns is that it's not getting derived from Scripture and it's deviating and twisting Scripture uh, beyond what's warranted. And it's leading a lot of people in error. I think, you know, you start building a foundation on really shaky ground, then the bigger you build, the bigger the fall and the more people go down with that building. So I'm really concerned about it because... Um, of all the experiences I've gone through and I've not wanted to bring it up on the podcast because I, I'm still, you know, kind of hurt by it and ashamed of it and think, oh, how could I believe such things? And of course, sorting out what I believe um, in certain areas. Now, when it comes to apostles and prophets walking today, they go into the detail in the book about Here's, here's what the NAR teachings are from their writers. Here's everything that they're saying. And now here's what the scripture is saying. And now are we on the same page with these? And there's a big gap between what you can get from scripture and what these guys uh, are building. You know, and so there's issues with authority because when you get to the point where you can say apostles and prophets 
are how God is using uh, the church in the end times and you need to be aligned with them. I couldn't leave the church unless I heard from the apostle in that case. So, um, you know, I was in rebellion. Don't worry. They told everybody that we would be working remotely <laughs> when we left. And that was new to me. Oh, don't worry. Uh, we're sending them as missionaries to Ireland. This is what, what the PR story was. And uh, I only found out about that when we were uh, being prayed for on the stage uh, in a bye-bye ceremony. But really, it was a PR stunt to tell everybody that there were we, this was a sending church and uh, a missions church and they're being sent out apostolically to Ireland. So the authority, when you say that uh, an apostle and a prophet's walking around today, oh, but of course their, their words aren't equal with scripture. But my experience was that everything was about what is God saying now? What's the new word? What's the new prophecy? You know, get people together to prophesy um, over each other and teach people to prophesy and um, work miracles and these sorts of things. Now, there's certain things like praying and prophesying where and one definition i'm like yeah baby let's do it but what that looks like on the ground so to speak and what those things are defined as is real really the issue so that's where there's a real big disconnect i think with what the neart is teaching is that they are taking prayer and now prayer isn't praying to God, it's declaring over your situation what will come to pass and declaring your victory and uh, decreeing things that God has decreed in the heavens and now you must decree this um, over your life. So you could be casting out demons and decreeing things and blessings and releasing anointings and declaring over your life prosperity and giving because God is going to cause this huge increase to come back into your life and you are commanding a blessing. I mean, I wish I had the list of all the titles of all the sermons I've ever edited, <laughs> you know, and put out and broadcast because, you know, the titles would be like, find your, find 10 apostolic keys for your breakthrough or breakthrough people or find your new anointing or cast out the demon of poverty out of your life. You know, these are the sorts of things that it is very, I think, problematic and, and needs to be addressed. Um, and when it comes to this huge movement where you've got highly influential leaders who are propagating it and they are in places of authority, calling themselves apostles and prophets with very little, I would say, um, accountability, like high authority, low accountability is always a recipe for trouble. That's what you've got in these situations high authority, low accountability, no filter, no, there's no judgment over these prophecies. Well, you know, Trump's going to be elected. This, oh, no, no, he'll be reinstated. No, well, he'll come back in 2024. You know, these sorts of things. I can't stand by and say that's okay <laughs> when it's coming from people who say that they are authoritative Christian leaders calling themselves apostles or prophets. Uh, first, yeah. I think it's on a wrong it's a, on a wrong foundation, and then even if they were uh, these authoritative figures, why should I listen when there are tests in Scripture for the validity of these things or not? Uh, you know, and to further my rant, the Scripture does say that in the end, you know, there are many false prophets. Well, where are they? You know, where are the false prophets? 
Well, it would have to be someone who's doing some prophesying. <laughs> you know what I mean? That seems like so a requirement. Yes. Why, why don't we start there? Well, let's start with the people who are prophesying and those things that they're saying are not coming to pass. That would be a good place to check. But I don't I don't see that happening. So I am not have any desire to be like a, one of those heresy hunters or like call everybody a heretic or this a heresy or a false teacher, a false prophet and that sort of thing. But I am saying I value the scripture and good thinking, uh, and I've been burnt by not having those things, and I want to see the church grow the way God intended. And if I'm wrong, and there's supposed to be apostles and prophets walking around today, show me from scripture how that is the case in a way that is right and makes sense, and I'm on board. And then show me the proper way that works on the ground so that that can take place. But I haven't seen that. And you don't see it in these leaders' writings. Maybe the, the, there's probably some people doing some really great stuff in a way that one could call apostolic or could call prophetic. That's the fuzzy thing. All these terms are fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy terms. Well, that, that was a question I had for you. In the books, do they address the idea? I can imagine somebody that is in this movement they might not call it the new apostolic reformation, but of course they would recognize some of the traits that you're talking about. And and what do they address in the book? The people who try to argue, because this is what I've heard. I've heard something along the lines of, well, sure, those things happen, but you're talking about abuses mm. of the movement, but that's not the movement at its heart at, at, at the heart of the movement. It, it's, it's very much biblical, you know, Guyvet and his co-author are simply dealing with ab- abuses and trying to make the abuses out to be the whole movement. Well, it's it's kind of like uh, that idea of a building, as I see it. If if you're building a certain height on a wobbly foundation, you know, you'd probably be okay. <laughs> the higher you go, the worse it gets. Sure. And the farther out you get from the center of gravity, the more it's likely to topple. So there's this idea of Yes, I, I believe that probably 99%, let's say, let's call it 99.99, just for sake of argument, percent of people who are embracing these sorts of teachings or who are doing those sorts of teachings or leading these sorts of movement, uh, let's say that there are 99% of them are Christians uh, with a good heart. And I, I don't have any real reason necessarily to doubt that, although the scripture does say that false apostles uh, are in it for the money and greed. And well, I think there's evidence of that out there. But back to the point, you can do a lot of things with the right motivation. So as when I see these things confronted in interviews or debates, it always goes back to we're feeding the hungry, we're helping the poor, we're transforming our neighborhoods, we're getting people saved, people are being evangelized, the people are being baptized, lives are changed, people are stopping going on drugs, they are back together with their families. So lots of great things happening. And so when it says, well, are, aren't they just dealing with the abuses? No, although that's included, we're talking about whether or not the teachings at the core of what's driving the movement is able to be derived from the scripture without twisting and turning it and making your own sort of doctrines out of thin air, uh, looking for the new revelation, looking for the new prophetic word, looking for what's this new thing on the horizon, the bigger, b- bigger than ever. You know, these are always the things that you're hearing. Have you ever heard of the Passion Translation? Yes, I have. So that, that would be an example where you've got someone who says 
they've been visited by Jesus, been basically told by him to write a new translation. And this translation basically rewrites everything so that these scriptures that support what they're doing are very clear. And they're used with these words like impartation of the spirit, where it doesn't say that before. So it, it sort of like makes it mega charismatic. It's not just like, oh, a charismatic friendly Bible. It's more like now these NAR sort of people can go to that and say, look, this is clearly derived in scripture. Well, it's not. And when you've got a normal Bible translation, that's you've got, uh, you know, teams of people, you know, pouring over one word for hours and hours to make sure that it's correct and the right meaning from the original languages. But you've got a new single person who heard from Jesus who's going to make a new translation and it's got no accountability <laughs> and he doesn't know anything about the original languages and not trained in these things. Then you're thinking, right. what are we smoking now? You know? Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is all I have to say when I hear some of these things like, what are we smoking here? Because right. uh, how can we be seeing straight? I'm just so grieved by it. Um, mm. now I could be totally wrong, but as far as for like where I'm sitting, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I would like to just say, I'm all for the move of the spirit. I want to see a revival. I want to see whatever giftings God has given anyone be made as visible and useful to the kingdom of God as possible. I want to see a harvest of souls, the world transformed. But I don't think that these people who are in this movement are seeing clearly or are working from a very firm foundation in the scripture because the stuff that they're coming up with is very, well, you can't get it. You can't derive it from scripture. Very confused. In the book, they, they do break down different sections. So they talk about, okay, let's talk about apostles. What, what does the NAR teach about how apostles are and uh, what the authority they have? Now let's look at the scripture, you know, then they'll look at a prophets. Um, what are they, what does the NAR teach? Now, what is, what can we really get from scripture? So they're not cessationists. They're not saying that the move the spirit can't happen or, and all of these things. Let's grant all, grant all that. They're not coming against any of that. They're just saying, here's what the NIR uh, leaders have written and said publicly, and you can go check it. And here's what the scripture will allow. This is how far you're, you, can, you can go with scripture. Then they talk about uh, miracles and spiritual warfare and spiritual mapping. And, and there's a lot of stuff that'll turn you white <laughs> when, when you go through there. <laughs> and so having fe feeling like I've seen it all in the past and just like shoved it behind me, like, thank God I'm out of that. Well, now I'm kind of feeling like maybe we just need to dredge this up and use the tools of good thinking to address that because I don't want other people to go through that. I, I don't want people to be deceived. I don't think people want people to see that, you know, they keep chasing the next thing from God and they can't get it. They keep wanting more and more and more and to the point where they're chasing the next prophecy. They're going to see this uh, speaker and they're chasing this personality and they're sending them thousands of dollars to get a blessing. And they are can't mesh with any church they go to because, well, they don't believe in the, the move of the spirit and what God's going to be doing in the future. You know, because there's a real big, huge danger with a lot of these sorts of churches. And I, and I saw it as I'm not just talking about one church I was at, <laughs> you know, I'm a serial bad church experience person. Um, <laughs> so in all of those places, anybody who left was sort of like vilified or 
there was something wrong with them. Anytime you would question anything, you had a religious spirit or you had demons or you were divisive and slanderous. So you, there was no room for question. And that is so bad. It's so bad. Right. You can't question yes. it. And, and if, if I know people who are in this or they're close to me and I say I have questions or whatever, now I'm wrong. I'm the, uh-oh, this guy's under the control of the devil. <laughs> this guy has a religious spirit. That's what I was getting ready to say. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. I saw that in your notes that it says churches or people that do not submit to the authority of present day apostles or prophets will sit on the sidelines as spectators. Yeah. And they, it says, and some teach that Christians who oppose this movement are under the control of a powerful demon known as the spirit of religion. Yeah. Let me, let me, uh, let me read a little excerpt from Guyvet and Pivik. Many Christians in the United States go to their traditional churches every Sunday morning, unaware of the existence of a reformation that has been underway since the 1980s. A religious movement that has radically transformed other churches throughout their city and world. The movement is called the New Apostolic Reformation. It's apostolic because its leaders claim they're restoring the lost office of apostle to the church, an office endowed with astonishing authority, miraculous powers, and divine strategies for establishing God's kingdom on earth. It's a reformation because the proponents say the movement will completely change the way church is done, and its effects will be as great or even greater than the 16th century Protestant Reformation. So the biggest innovation in NAR is the belief that apostles working together with prophets must take over governance of the church, taking the reins from the pastors, elders, and denominational leaders so that God's end-time plans can be fulfilled and Christ can return. Churches that do not submit to the authority of these present-day apostles and prophets will sit on the sidelines as mere spectators. Uh, they go on and they talk about Prominent leaders in this movement claim their followers will overcome sickness and death and execute God's judgments on earth by prophetically calling down the plagues described in the book of Revelation. And, and anybody who opposes the movement, they're under control of a demonic spirit of some sort. So if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, yeah, I've been there, done that. I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> I would love to uh, talk to you about that. And uh, so message us, podcast at apologetics315.com. If you're wondering, wow, I didn't know anything about this. Well, get ready. We'll, we'll, we'll interview Doug and Holly soon, but check out their books. If you want the smaller, uh, more accessible version, I'd say, look at the book, God's Super Apostles, Encountering the Worldwide Prophets and Apostles Movement. Or if you want to know like lots of details about the teachings where they, they go, they just kind of like go line by line through a lot of what um, these leaders have written. Uh, go for the book, A New Apostolic Reformation, A Biblical Response to a world, Worldwide Movement. We'll link to that in the show notes. One thing I'd like to say, uh, just to clarify, is that Doug Guyvet and Holly Pivik do an excellent, excellent job in their thoroughness, their fairness, and their care, their charitable spirit and approach. They're not heresy hunters. They're not calling anyone false prophets, false teachers, false... They're not calling people false. They're saying, here's what's being taught by these leaders. Here's what the scripture is teaching about these subjects. And we're concerned that this is not everything it's cracked up to be, and that you should be able to question these things and not suffer the burns that many people have. And they talk a little bit about those things. And the other thing I wanted to say is that not all of the things that are described in the book happen at any church that embraces some of these sorts of influences. It doesn't mean that 
oh, that's an NIR, NAR church. It's terrible. What we're seeing is sort of what these sorts of uh, New Apostolic Reformation leaders have been propagating and how it is disseminated amongst all kinds of places in ways you don't realize. So you can have a very traditional church who's maybe just using the music that came out of one of these particular churches, and it seems fine. Other things would be like, oh, well, we're going to, um, to go prayer walking, you know, but they're doing it in a certain way that has been came up with from the likes of C. Peter Wagner when it comes to spiritual mapping, where you go around and you try to identify the territorial spirits that are over a city because you have to take down those big demons if you're going to win the city for Christ. These sorts of things are other influences, and you have to wonder what that's going on in my church has an influence from these things. I, I never heard about this practice called treasure hunting uh, before until it was described. I've heard of Sozo ministry. <laughs> We've talked about that a bit. Um, but, the, but then only after the fact, I'm like, oh, so that's what those evangelist guys were doing. They were going around like with these spiritual clues looking for this person they're supposed to talk to. You know, God gave me three clues about this person and I have to walk around the mall until I found this person who has a red shirt, whose arm hurts and their dog died, you know, and that's the person that I'm supposed to pray for. So that's is that treasure hunting. That's treasure hunting. Yeah. Okay. So, I was, Cause I wanted to ask about that because the Sozo ministry, 24 seven prayer rooms and schools of supernatural ministry heard of that stuff. The treasure hunting I'd never heard of. Yeah. I, I never heard of it either until I heard it described and like, Oh, okay. That must've been what so-and-so was doing. But they just kind of talked about how they were out evangelizing and uh, they felt like God told them to talk to someone, blah, 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 this way. And I thought, that's, that's interesting. And, and I thought, well, great. I'm so pleased that this guy's doing this. But now I'm like, oh, this is where he's getting the idea. And so I, some of those things I'm thinking, well, that's not necessarily bad. But if this is the only way we can do it, in a way that's going to change the world, you know, it depends on your approach and where uh, how you're approaching that thing, because you can also just go out and talk to people <laughs> and uh, not look for the hidden, special, extra duper, you know, super size me version of your spirituality, which right. sadly, you know, that was that was so much of my experience. Like, we're just trying to find the next big thing. Like, what's God going to say this Sunday? It's a real yeah. uh, load off when you don't have to, when you realize you don't have to like hunt down the next, oh, I don't want to miss the move of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also like what you're saying about it's it's worth getting to know about this movement because it allows you to be able to discern when those things start to creep into your church. You know, a lot of these teachings are not coming through, like say your pastor just have picked up something from like another a book or something in the I mean, influence them in a certain way, maybe for good or for worse. I don't know. Or it could be, you know, people in the congregation are reading these books on sozo ministry. And they think that this is the way to, uh, you know, get free from whatever's troubling you spiritually and psychologically. So there are these influences and you just don't know where they, they came from. Oh, well, it's seems, seems normal. You walk into a church and, oh, they're calling the, the pastor, an apostle. Okay. I guess that's what we do here, <laughs> but um, there's more going on. And uh, there's definitely teachings that are not 
if you just read the Bible, you wouldn't be coming up with those things. You get people following these prophets, you know, supporting them and getting words as if it, it reminds me of, you know, the witch of Endor or something like, oh, well, I'm going to go see the prophet. <laughs> like, I can't wow. make a, I can't make a move on my business until I go see the prophet as if they're like a, a, you know, someone with a crystal ball. And, you know, most people who are into these sorts of circles would be like, if you mention witchcraft or something, they would be like, shoot you down. Like, oh, witchcraft is the most terrible thing on earth. And uh, witches are real, stay away from them. But in a sense, that's a lot of what they seem to be doing. In in my view, this is just me talking that are you not going to consult as mediums in a way and uh, they're going to give you the incantations and the rituals to do in order to secure your blessings um, and break your curses didn't jesus do these things already why do we now need to entrust these magical powers to the elite who now have authority to direct whether or not I can go left or right in my business. Wow, that's a powerful analogy. I didn't realize that all this was in here. I was only going to talk about this book for like um, five minutes just to give a teaser, but it kind of turned into realizing that I have plenty to, to say about it in that regard. So, Which is okay. That's what we're going to look forward to, asking um, Holly and Doug when they come on some questions about their books, please go read their books. And if you do so, we will send you a prayer towel that if you pray with it, uh, you are guaranteed to get your prayers answered. Uh, I have a question about the two books you mentioned. So you mentioned a new apostolic reformation, a biblical response to a worldwide movement, and then God's super apostles encountering the worldwide prophets and apostles movement. And the God's super apostles is kind of the popular level. And then the a new apostle, apostolic, sorry, reformation, a biblical response to worldwide movement is more like the deep dive. So it, let's imagine that I can only read one of those books. If somebody's listening and they're thinking, well, I don't want to read both of these. What are you go going to get if you read the academic version versus the popular level one? If you just are encountering it for the first time and you're like, tell me more, I would go with the more popular level one. So I'd say most people would be fine with the intro book, but if you if you like to, well, I want to know this. Tell tell me more. I'm really interested in this. Tell me more. You go with or if you're like read a lot of apologetics books, just get the bigger one. You, you'll see there's so much more detail. All right, cool. That's helpful. They 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 offer a, a a lot of good content, a lot of clarifying content. You know exactly what leaders have said. Uh, not, it doesn't mean like if one leader said it, then everyone who's under that umbrella is doing all those things or believes all those things or even is aware of all those things. That's sure. why I do think that someone who's in those movement, in that movement, can truthfully say, oh, I don't think I don't even ever heard of this before. I think they could possibly be telling the truth because just either haven't heard the word or they thought it was something different. But basically everything that's described in the book is happening that is happening in various ways in various forms in various churches and in that way it's a movement it is all of these different things are happening and they're all aberrant or problematic or wrong-headed ways of going about reading the scripture or understanding prophets today apostles today miracles today you know very enlightening so anyway listeners 
we're going to wrap it up. It's gone long today, longer than normal. And guess what? I wasn't even t planning on talking about that. It was just going to be a book intro. So we were going to talk about logic, but hopefully that was an interesting dive. Next time, we'll talk a little bit about logic. And in the meantime, be blessed. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to address or just a message for us, feedback, good or bad, you can either email us at podcast at apologetics315.com or leave a voice message for us using SpeakPipe. Just go to speakpipe.com slash apologetics315 to leave us a message. And remember, if you include a Ghostbusters quote in your question, we guarantee that we'll read it on the podcast. And we also ensure up to 50% better quality answers. Also, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, please leave a review in iTunes or the podcast platform of your choice. And please share this episode with a friend if you found it useful. Remember, you can find lots of apologetics resources at apologetics315.com, along with show notes for today's episode. Find Chad's apologetics stuff over at Truthbomb Apologetics. That's truthbomb.blogspot.com. This has been Brian Auten and Chad Gross for the Apologetics 315 podcast, and thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.